We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Thunder fans? And welcome to the Uncontested Post Game Podcast Edition. I'm your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter, social media at Taylor underscore P15. And I am here as the Thunder lose 141 to 139 against the Golden State Warriors in extremely controversial fashion, which we will get into uh, in the first game of the in season tournament. And on a night, the Thunder debut their 23-24 City Edition uniforms uh, and their very special edition uh, in-season tournament court. Sorry, I almost said their City Edition court. That is not correct. There will be a City Edition court that will be debuting after the in-season tournament is over in December. Uh, I believe in like early January, maybe New Year's Eve even, it's off the top of my head, uh, is when the Thunder will be debuting their actual City Edition court, which is awesome. But honestly, I, again, kind of a controversial topic, but uh, I, I thought that the the court looked really good tonight. Myself uh, and our guy Justin, OKC Tracker, uh, all over the you know uniforms and the courts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he was a little concerned, and I was as well, about the new Jumbotron and the scoreboards, like all that lighting on that, that court, but it actually ended up looking pretty well. I thought on the broadcast, so that was great to see. However, and honestly, there was a lot of good things <laughs> and we will get into that. However, the outcome was not what we were hoping for. Even if the, uh, city edition, or I keep saying that the city edition court, the instant tournament court end up looking pretty good live. We are uh, before I get any further. We are probably part of the Blue Hour Podcast Network. And if you don't already, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all of them. Uh, we're also on all social media platforms, especially YouTube. Really trying to grow that as well. Um, TikTok. Uh, if Twitter goes, 
whatever you want to call it, x.com goes down. We're on all the different uh, social media platforms such as Threads and Blue Sky. Uh, we'll be there. So be sure to subscribe to all those as well. Now, uh, first of all, I'm getting a lot of comments in the chat. Greatly appreciate that. Please keep those coming. I'm going solo tonight, so I'll be sure to try and save a little bit of time here to be able to go through some of these. Uh, really appreciate all of you all tuning in on a very fun, but fun game, but not the outcome that we were hoping for. Just really quick, I'm going to go ahead and rattle off my big takeaways before we uh, kind of dive into the game. No Shea due to that that. I want to say right knee sprain, but I honestly can't even remember which knee it is. Regardless, Shea was out with a knee sprain. Uh, thankfully, it doesn't seem to be long-term, but he was out tonight. And Thunder still go toe-to-toe with the fully healthy Golden State Warriors. I think that's a positive takeaway from tonight. Chet, aggressive early, which is uh, becoming a theme. Dub, taking on the point guard role. Giddy takes over late, similar to the Detroit game. Maybe another theme we're starting to see a little bit. Something to keep an eye on. And then my last one here is Cason Wallace is an incredibly impressive rookie and ready to play. So just kind of a couple of pregame notes here. Uh, no shade due to his knee sprain, like I mentioned. Jay Will comes back into the lineup after being out to start the season with that hamstring uh, strain, I believe. And I mean, honestly, that was huge. We'll get into that as well. And then Cason gets a starting nod in place of Shea. I, I put that... Um, I put that poll out on the uncontested Twitter. And uh, like I think 71% of you were correct. It was Kaysen. But honestly, with with Mark, you like you never know. I could have like I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Poku out there starting. Like that's just how Mark operates. And uh, but but he was a little more predictable, I think, for that with Kaysen, which makes a whole lot of sense given the Golden State matchup, winning that perimeter defense, uh, and, and it made a lot of sense. I'm not going to go super in-depth here with the game, the quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown, but just kind of a couple of notes here uh, as we go through the first four quarters. OKC started 6-6 six six from the field and benefited from a, a pair of Warriors turnovers, 14-8 uh, to eight early on in the game. Dort got a lot of fouls early. I believe he had three fouls uh, super early. A lot of those, I, sorry, I shouldn't say a lot of those. Two of those were pretty questionable, but that was obviously huge. Uh, I thought Giddy got subbed out early. That was really interesting. He got subbed out with about 6.15 to go in the first. Uh, Jay Will came in early for Chet, and I thought he immediately played really well. Mitch, <coughs> excuse me, Mitch just also uh, got some, some minutes early with Shea being out. But the biggest thing here, Thunder shot 65% from the floor and 50 7% from three, the best shooting quarter of the season for OKC, and yet they were still down. Um, second quarter, again, just kind of some highlights. The Thunder shoot 58% overall and 47% from three. Also, we're 11 of 13 from the free throw line. Thunder were extremely efficient there in that first half. Um, the difference here, though, is the Warriors were 13 of 25 from three. They got more three-point attempts off, and even if they weren't quite as efficient, like when you have a team like the Warriors and they're they're at least hitting those shots at a, at a high rate they were doesn't matter how many shots you're I mean basically they they were in a uh, an offensive offensive like face off with the Warriors where I didn't think the Thunder did a very good job of getting out there on three point shooters uh, again you put Jay Will in there drop coverage we talked a lot about that last season when Jay Will was playing against the Warriors uh it wasn't just Jay Will, but 
obviously the the Warriors were getting open for a lot of three point attempts, which was not ideal. That was led by none other than a former Thunder player this last season. Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> that uh, and Sarge, which I mean, he just torched the Thunder there in that second quarter, which was huge. And yet, with no shade, the Thunder only trailed sixty nine to sixty seven and a half. Uh, Dub led all Thunder players with only seven field goal attempts. I wanted to mention that just because I thought that would be extremely fascinating to kind of see what those shot attempts, the distribution would look like without Shea in the lineup. And yet, Dub led all Thunder players with only uh, only seven uh, field goal attempts. I thought that was fascinating because it was a very balanced effort for the Thunder. I kind of thought we might see more Josh Giddy, uh, a little more Dub in that that first half with no Shea. But um, it was a very balanced effort. Speaking of Dort, or actually, I don't think I mentioned Dort there. <laughs> I meant to, uh, but Dort was three of three from the floor, two of two from three. Kaysen was four of six from the floor. He actually, uh, again, only one less shot attempt than Dub did in that that first half, which was fascinating. He was extremely efficient. I thought he played some really good defense. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Giddy with only four shot attempts and the least amount of minutes of all the starters. I found that fascinating. However, that corrected itself there in the second half. We get into the third quarter. Chet comes out firing. It was so exciting. I mentioned Chet, you know, kind of coming uh, off these really great uh, starts of the game, I, I, particularly the last couple of games where he's played really well, uh, has gotten a lot of opportunity early on, but it kind of seems like he trails off. That wasn't necessarily the case tonight uh, when he comes out with the first five points of the half. Between bowling Steph, uh, I believe he went baseline, or I can't even remember now, uh, but just got like a, a ridiculous dunk after Steph was switched on to him. He bullies him. Another defender comes up on him. Doesn't matter. Chet finishes with a two-handed slam, and then he drills a three the very next offense possession. And that was his, uh, it ended up being his first 20 point game of the season. Five assists for at uh, five assists. If I could talk for J dub and at, at this point, which tied a season high, maybe something we'll get into as well. Like I mentioned point J dub and the thunder had, uh, scored a hundred points with only three players with 10 plus points, which is just like kind of a wild stat that I wanted to mention here. Uh, I thought the warriors played some zone there in the third quarter, but J will, I mentioned him kind of struggling some defensively in the first half, which led to some Warriors uh, open threes, but he was playmaking from the high post, which, again, this is basic basketball. These were things that I, I was taught early on uh, in grade school when my dad was coaching was coaching me. Like, if you have a zone, obviously uh, moving the ball is important, but you flash somebody up to the high post, to the free throw line, you uh, you throw it to him, and, ho- and if you're not able to attack penetrate that zone and kick out to shooters you bring somebody up to the free throw line and hopefully they can play make that was the case with jay will and it was extremely effective uh, i just found this really interesting at the end of the third quarter the thunder were 39 66 that's 59 percent from the floor to the thunders or sorry to the warriors 36 of 69 very nice uh again it they shot 52 percent from the floor but very uh evenly distributed thunder was shooting 52 percent from the four from or sorry, 52% from three. And it was all tied up heading into the third quarter. Just really great shooting through uh, really the entirety of the game for the Thunder. Now, the fourth quarter is where things get really crazy. Uh, eight straight for Giddy. This is where Josh comes in, just really kind of takes control, is really aggressive. He had a, a quote post game where he mentioned that he needs to be more aggressive early on in the game, especially without Shea. I wish we would have seen more of that. 
But the fourth quarter, he comes in. Giddy gets, uh, like I said, uh, eight straight, including two uh, two straight and ones back-to-back. I think this is the most aggressive Giddy. not only we've seen all game, but arguably maybe all season. Uh, Isaiah Joe gets a four-point play. He hits a three-point shot and gets fouled, which is incredible. Giddy continues to take over. Uh, five guys with 15 points for the Thunder there in that fourth quarter, which was just really exciting. I thought Casey Wallace had a really good stretch there. We had two straight uh, finishes, which was huge when he's also like guarding some of the Warriors' best players uh, on the other, other end of the floor. Things kind of, uh, I'm just kind of like going through my notes here. And I, and I'm trying to not just go play by play, but that fourth quarter was just absolutely insane. Um, let's see. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The end, <laughs> so I have welcome to the end season tournament because things were just absolutely crazy there down the stretch. Chet gets the ball at the top of the key, drives on Draymond. Blocking calls is called or blocking foul is called, but Draymond calls for the re- review. Thankfully, un- unsuccessful challenge. So uh Thunderball. Chet hits both free throws, but Draymond throws an oop to Gary Payton to put them up one. And then I thought Mark had a really good wrinkle, a really good uh out of bounds call. Chet's the inbound bounder on the sideline. Out of out of bounds play. Uh, not not Josh. Josh was in the game, but it wasn't Giddy who threw that. Uh, w- with no Shea, it was Chet throwing the ball out of bounds. Uh, Josh gets the ball. He throws an entry pass to Lou, who gets fouled. Lou was just phenomenal. He really was. We'll get into that. Dort gets fouls. He misses one of two free throws. Sixteen point four seconds left. Things. Get crazy. Golden State Warriors call a timeout. Steph makes a shot. He drives, I believe, on Lou. And this is where things get extremely controversial. Uh, Draymond hits the rim. Josh Giddy hits the net. But it, it should have been. I mean, this, it, again, I think I had this tweet on our uh, on the uncontested Twitter account, x.com, whatever you want to call it. But it was very obvious that it was goaltending on Draymond Green who hit the rim. 
I mean, you look at the rule, multiple Thunder uh, media have tweeted this out, but regardless of Josh hitting the net there, Draymond hit the rim. It should have just been a no basket. And yet they call it, uh, they call the basket good. The Thunder end up losing and what was just a heartbreaker in the first game of the in-season tournament. I mentioned the tweet uh, that I tweeted out from the Uncontested. It was a little bit petty, but I'm not going to lie. It it very much felt like the NBA in-season tournament, they need this in-season tournament to go really well, and it has. You look at the scores across the board. (laughs) Even with the bright, uh, obnoxious courts, there were a lot of close games, including this one. However... The NBA is also coming up on a new, uh, gosh, I don't even know what you want to call it, but basically a new TV deal. And it very much benefits them for this in-season tournament to do well. Or sorry, yeah, in-season tournament. Oh, it, Justin and I keep doing this. We want to call it the, um, the uh, postseason or the uh, playing games. It's not the playing games. It's the in-season tournament. <laughs> um, it very much benefits the league for them to have high viewership for this in-season tournament because it will be marketed to these different outlets, the the, the NBCs, the ABCs, the ESPNs, Disney's, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Amazon even is trying to get in on this. Apple, it just makes you wonder a little bit, right? Again, this is me being a petty Thunder fan, uh, and and I appreciate all of you in the comments uh, here agreeing with me just kind of makes you wonder, right? I, I think it would benefit the league for them to have one of their biggest markets and some of their biggest stars and the Golden State Warriors to advance in this tournament. So uh, there's my little mini rant there on the ridiculous call uh, to end the game when I think the Thunder should have been playing in overtime. Now, just some quick hitters. Not big themes, but I thought these were pretty telling of the game as a whole. 139 points is tied for the third most in regulation in team history for the Thunder. And that is per Joe Masato of the Oklahoma. And I thought that was a really good stat. The Thunder outshoot the Warriors 60% from the field to the Warriors 53%, but the Warriors got nine more shot attempts. Again, that's not huge necessarily, but when you take that into consideration with what we talked about after the uh, Pelicans game, where the Pelicans got so many more shot attempts off, uh, even though they shot very poorly for the Thunder, like, this is starting to become a little bit of a theme. Again, Shea didn't play. Uh, there's a lot of disclaimers with this particular game. But this is something to keep an eye on. I think it's really important. Uh, the Thunder shot 51% from three to the Warriors 45%, which is absurd. If you would have told me that stat before the game, I would have told you that the Thunder would have won. Uh, but the Warriors got 11 more three-point attempts to my previous point. And the Thunder had 19 turnovers to the Warriors 15. That's a, a pretty high number. But again, only four, uh, four additional turnovers which, but the Warriors had 30 points off turnovers to the Thunder's 18. And again, I sound like a broken record when I say this on every single podcast over the past two years, but this Thunder team is at their best when they're pushing ball in transition. That starts on the defensive end of the floor when they're getting defensions and steals. And I, I'm not sure the Thunder really did a great job of that tonight. Uh, and again, when you don't have a player like SGA who's been playing really well defensively and gets a lot of those deflections and uh, if you want to call them stocks or whatever, the the steals and the blocks, the Thunder certainly missed that uh, with that point of attack defense, but I still thought they did a, a pretty good job overall without Shea. Regardless, I, I think that, that number is pretty telling. Again, Warriors had 30 points off turnovers to the Thunder's 18. That'll do it. <laughs> So let's see. I'm going to just really quickly go through some of these uh, most recent comments. 
see if there's anything. Oh, no, Lou, take away tonight. I, I have that smoot. I'm going to get into Lou. I kind of snuck that in uh, here later. Um, HBO, I think, has some stock in the season tournament, too. Uh, that is smoot. I'm going to go ahead and put that up here. I, I think that's a really good point. Again, there's so many different... Uh, so many different networks are trying to get in on this in-season tournament. Um, kind of going back to what I mentioned with <laughs> maybe the NBA would would do better with a really you know one of their bigger markets uh, being there in, in in Vegas here next month, I believe, in those finals. But again, that's a that's my tinfoil hat. Let's go ahead again to these takeaways. Again, no Shea and the Thunder go toe to toe with the fully healthy Warriors. Um, that's extremely exciting even if the thunder did lose like this is kind of some sunshine pumping here my thunder colored lenses are on but when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Chet, 24 points on only nine shot attempts. Like, again, I'd really like to see his field goal attempts uh, go up throughout the season. I, I think he deserves it. Chet was fantastic again. Lou had 12 field goal attempts. J-Dub had 12 field goal attempts. Giddy had ended up with 15 after his extremely aggressive fourth quarter. Uh, Case Ball of 10. Again, those, those are just the starters. And you look at the bench, and it was pretty evenly distributed. But the fact that the Thunder were able to do that without Shea, is just really, really impressive. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I think that's a really important disclaimer, right? When you don't have your all NBA uh, top five MVP voting from last season, it, that kind of player uh, playing in this game, like I mentioned, with when the Warriors are finally fully healthy, right? Draymond is finally back like that. There's a lot of reasons to still be extremely excited about this game, even if we were really frustrated with the final result and, and how the game ended up. Now, speaking of Chet, I thought he was extremely aggressive early, and this is becoming a theme. Like I mentioned, uh, you know, he's coming out. I think he had, I don't, I don't even remember what I said. I think uh, first, I mean, he at least had the first five points. Um, with the trailing threes, the way he's able, it, the, the pick and roll, we have all these different creators. Like, Chet just fits into this offense perfectly. We've talked so much about, and national media have talked so much about uh, his impact on the defensive end of the floor. I think guys like Moses Moody, Gary Payton, uh, pregame, they both mentioned, you know, the biggest impact of having Chet for the Thunder is his defensive impact. But it goes without being said at this point that Chet is playing extremely well on the offensive end of the floor as well and spinning in perfectly. I thought Chet had another really great game. Like I mentioned, 24 points, eight rebounds, five assists, two of two from three, eight of eight from the free throw line, which maybe is my favorite set of all. You know, we've talked so much about like, gosh, three, four seasons, uh, probably three seasons ago, uh, we were talking about like the next step for Shea into superstardom is to get to the line more and to make those free throws. And obviously we saw that uh, last season. That's something we want to see more of from Dub. Dub talked a lot about when he was on uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, The Old Man the Three, trying to get to the line more. Josh Giddy, we've talked so much about that, especially uh, with his play and FIBA. But Giddy was two of two from the free throw line. 
which is, I mean, extremely efficient, obviously, but only two attempts at the free throw line, even when he's being way more aggressive there in the fourth quarter. Dub was two of five from the free throw line, which isn't great. He needs to be much better, more efficient from the free throw line if he's getting there. Uh, but again, only there, uh, only five attempts from the free throw line. Chet was eight of eight. We need to be talking about that way more. Uh, I thought that was just, again, I cannot talk. Only one block. <laughs> only, which is weird for Chad after he's been so extremely uh, efficient on the defensive end of the floor, but that's because the Warriors don't really drive to the rim. Uh, I don't have those stats pulled up in front of me, but again, this is a a, a team who at the Golden, and the Golden State Warriors really perform. I mean, they're at their best when they're driving, kicking out to open shooters, and, and hitting outside shots. Like It makes sense that Chet would have had as many blocks because Chet, uh, I almost said Chet, Curry, Others, they aren't getting to the rim nearly as much as some of the other opponents that we've seen the Thunder play against so far. All that to say, Chet was fantastic. And uh, for him to have 24 points, almost, I mean, not almost, but he was flirting with triple-double, right? To only have nine field goal attempts, like, I really want to see that go up. We have got to get Chet more involved uh, offensively. One thing I mentioned, I think after uh, we did our, our, our group podcast Wednesday, after they played the Pelicans, it's like, it, it definitely seems like Chet's still trying to get his legs under him, right? He he starts out hot. Uh, again, he he played really well in the fourth quarter, which is great to see. But I, I think he is still trying to get kind of uh, his legs under him and the grind of the NBA season, trying to get some conditioning. Maybe that goes – maybe those shot attempts go up when he's a little more conditioned uh, here later in the season. But regardless, we got to get Chet more involved. Uh, moving on to my next big takeaway here, Dub. Taking on a point guard role. It was not what I expected. Honestly, like I mentioned, I mentioned the, uh, gosh, the old man, the three pockets that he did. Uh, and he mentioned some like really interesting comments there with JJ, like trying to fit within the flow of the offense and playing alongside guys like Shea and Josh. Without Shea, though, I thought Dub would be a little more aggressive. Again, 8 of 12 from the floor, 18 points. That's fantastic. But that's kind of what I expect from Dub at this point, even when Shea is playing. And the fact the fact that he didn't he was a little more aggressive scoring the ball was a little disappointing to me. Uh, but he did play within the flow of the offense, and he really was the primary point guard there outside the fourth quarter when Josh kind of started to take over. Uh, had eight assists, which I believe is a oh, it's certainly a season high. I, I need to look and see if that's a career high. I thought Dub did a really good job facilitating. He had some great passes created for others with his driving to the rim. And one thing again to take into consideration is without Shea on the floor, I keep mentioning that, which again is a big disclaimer. Um, but Dub obviously had I, I think the the Warriors had their their main defensive assignment on Dub. And so we saw a lot of Andrew Wiggins, not Aaron Wiggins. That was really confusing. Andrew Wiggins and Aaron Wiggins were on the, the floor at the same time. And it was really funny because as soon as that happened there, I believe towards the end of the first quarter, Michael Cage immediately made a comment of it. And I started laughing because like Michael Cage is the analyst who would just, you know, mess it up over and over. Shout out to Michael Cage. He did a really good job not messing those up, not getting those mixed up. Um, but all that being said, I was a little disappointed that Dub didn't score more, but I thought he did a really good job facilitating, a really good job facilitating. And we kind of saw some of those uh, point guard, you know, skills that he mentioned growing up when he was, especially at Santa Clara. So 
Dub maybe not scoring quite as much as we would have wanted him to without Shea, but I thought he did well in that main point guard role. And I found that interesting when you have Dub and getting on the floor at the same time. Just kind of goes back to what I've been thinking about uh, over these, you know, these past handful of games where Dub is kind of coming in, leading the second unit, not so much Giddy. It's just kind of something I'm keeping an eye on. Speaking of Giddy, Giddy takes over late, similar to the the Detroit game. Uh, I mentioned that earlier. I think he had eight straight points in the fourth, was extremely aggressive, making the right reads, uh, getting to the rim. I thought Giddy was fantastic. I don't honestly have a lot of things to really mention here other than like, again, Giddy, I, I wish he would do this sooner. And that's something that he mentioned post game. He said, I need to be more aggressive sooner, uh, doing what I've been doing here in the fourth, the, the past couple of fourth quarters and, and getting to the rim more and, and creating for my teammates. He ends up with 18 points, just like Dub, uh, and ends up with the most shot attempts on the entire team, uh, 8 of 15 from the floor, extremely efficient. But the thing with Giddy is that outside shot. I mean, oh, uh, 0 3 from 3. Only two of two from the free throw line. Like he's got to get to the rim more. He's got to get those those fouls. And, and I don't know. I'm a little torn on this. I think in the fourth quarter he was very aggressive. He didn't get those foul calls because he was getting to the rim without contact and, and was finishing around the rim. Uh, before that though, he was he was continuing to rely on that floater, not really getting to the rim and initiating contact. And I just really would like to see a more aggressive Giddy. That being said, 18 points, five rebounds, four assists. You cannot knock Giddy for this this loss. I mean, I thought he played fantastic, especially there in the fourth quarter down the stretch. I mean, that 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 is everything you would want from him. Hopefully, we see that moving forward. Uh, like I said, like he mentioned post game. Hopefully, that happens a little sooner in the game, and it'll be really interesting and something I'm continuing to keep an eye on. I mean, I know Shea and and Josh can coexist. I'm not saying they can't. But they're still trying to fill each other out, it, it seems to me. And Dub I can be thrown in that category as well. Like they're still trying to figure out the pecking order here. Um, and, and that's something to keep to keep an eye on moving forward. Now I'll try and go a little quicker through these last couple of ones. Uh Casey Wallace, again, just incredibly impressive. He comes in his first start in his rookie career, only what four games in to his rookie season. Uh, and he's ready to play. He has some incredible uh, offensive possessions where he was cutting back door, just making the, uh, the right reads off ball. He doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands, and, and it is able to perform offensively. I also thought he did a, a decent job. I mean, again, when you're a rookie, rookie going up against guys like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, when you have those kind of assignments, uh, I think he was on Andrew Wiggins a handful of times. Like That's going to be tough. But overall, I thought he did a really good job offensively and defensively and for him to be so impactful in that starting role without Shea as a rookie again early on in his rookie career like not enough positive things can be said about Kaysen Wallace even if he did may maybe like miss an occasional defensive assignment defensive rotation overall Kaysen just continues to be really really impressive and then just some perspective uh Jay Will comes back which is a huge improvement I thought again Jay Will struggles defensively. We, we know his defensive weaknesses. Uh, we saw this actually against the Warriors a couple of different times last season, and we continue to see that with his, his inability to be able to guard on the perimeter. But overall, I thought Jay Will was really impactful for his team having him back. Uh, we saw him with Chet, not a ton, uh, but when he would come in for Chet, I mean, he was incredibly impactful. Just having that physicality down low, uh, he missed his outside shots, which I think will start to go in when he gets his legs back under him. 
but overall, I thought Jay Will had a really good game, and it, it's it, exciting to see him come back and the impact he's already having coming back into the line. You add Kenrich Williams, who's not playing right now. Like even without Shea, if you have Kenrich and Jay Will, it's it's hard to see the Thunder, Thunder team losing if you have the Kenrich Williams that you had last season. So that's a little more sunshine pumping there, uh, and that's without Bertons, right? Like. We're continuing to see, and, and, and again, I'm not. That's not a knock on the coaching staff. That's not a knock on the organization. Usman Jang comes in. You know, they're trying to get younger players more playing time, rather than just throwing in a a long time vet in Bertans to see if that he can get some some spacing for this team. Um, they're continuing to focus on that player development and critical, important moments and, and important games like this this game against one of the better teams in the league in the Western Conference and the Golden State Warriors, and we're seeing these guys improve. For example, Josh Giddy taking on a bigger role there in the fourth quarter. J-Dub really kind of getting things going there after a slow start in the in the, the first half. Like I think that's really important for, the, for these young guys to develop rather than just throwing in veterans like Bertans and you know just trying to win the game. Uh, I think long-term that will pay dividends. Now, you guys have asked a lot about Dort. Uh, actually, I did not mention Lou Dort, and I should have. So we'll go ahead and just mention Lou Dort here. I, he's been fantastic. And what I think the most exciting thing that I've seen throughout the entirety of the season is just he's more reserved. Uh, he's making he, he's driving to the rim when he needs to, but we're seeing him spot up in the corner way more. Again, I don't have these stats pulled up in front of me, solo podcast. Uh, I can't tell you his percentages from the, the corner or, <coughs> excuse me, his uh, – even like his his percentages of shots uh, in the corner versus elsewhere, but I thought he was in, in kind of that perfect role in the first half, and then the second half is when we just saw him go absolutely crazy. Now this is where I could go on my Bally Sports rant, where they kicked the majority of us here in the Metro out uh, of watching that third quarter stretch where Dort just kind of took over and went toe to toe with Steph Curry. I would have loved to see that, but uh, unfortunately, Bally Sports uh, did not allow that. Thankfully, I was able to get back into the app after like signing out and, and signing back in and <laughs> finally was able to catch the, the end of the third quarter and the majority of the fourth. All that being said, Lou Dort, I mean, without Shea, I mean, he arguably was maybe not even arguably. I think he probably was the most impactful player for the Thunder. The fact that he had three super early fouls in that first quarter, still was able to finish the game. He was 9 of 12 from the floor, 6 of 6 from 3. Six of six from three. I'm going to let that hang out there for a little bit. That's everything we would want and more. Five of seven from the free throw line. Like, Dort was phenomenal. And he and that's offensively. Keep in mind, he's running around, trying to go around screens, trying to draw offensive fouls uh, uh, for, uh, against the Warriors when he's guarding Steph Curry. as his primary assignment, also going against guys like Clay Thompson, etc. Like, not enough can be said about Lou Dort's game uh, tonight. But we're not going to see this every night from Lou. Uh, we're going to see more like we saw the past couple of games. And honestly, that is the perfect Lou Dort. That fits perfectly within this, this offense. Uh, five rebounds as well. Like a team that's really struggling with rebounds this season. And the Oklahoma City Thunder. Lou Dort having five of those. I mean, again, he <laughs> being one of the... I mean, he's obviously big. We know that. But being one of the shorter players on this team. Like, I, I, again... Not enough can be said about Lou Dort and the impact he had on this team. And I think those are probably 
I, I, I cheated and, and threw in Lou Dort as another big takeaway. But I'm going to go ahead. I mean, we, we've had a ton of comments. And I really, really appreciate them. I'm going to try and go through them pretty quickly. Then we'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh, got Bedlam tomorrow. I know a lot of you all will be excited about that. OSU football. Uh, I will be there in attendance, which will be really exciting. Uh, and then the Thunder will play again. Let's see if I can pull this up. Apologies. On Monday against the Hawks, which will be another really fun, uh, interesting matchup. Hopefully Shea's ready to go. They get a couple days rest. Uh, and again, the Hawks are playing at home. Or Sorry, the Hawks are playing uh, in OKC. A really important home stretch here for the Thunder. They haven't taken advantage of it necessarily, uh, but I, I think it's going to be really nice for this Thunder team to have a couple of days off before they play the Hawks again at home, and hopefully we see Shea. So going through some of these comments... Just a lot of uh, that was a fun game. The NBA is rigged. 12-minute <laughs> report is going to be wild. Uh, got some court comments. Our guy Kieran uh, says, I like the courts. I agree. The court, especially in comparison to some of the ones we saw, like Indiana, for example, today, I thought the court looked great. Like I mentioned, Justin and I were both a little uh, worried uh, about what that, you know, the reflection from the Jumbotron and, and all the different lighting, but it ended up looking really well. Let's see, Smoot, our guy Smoot says, uh, Draymond averages two offensive goaltends, eight legal screens, and four technical fouls, but he plays for the Warriors, so they don't count. Triple, single, strikes again. Honestly, a really good point. Draymond and Steve Kerr were just letting the refs have it. And uh, if that were Dagnall, or uh, Dagnall, unless they dubbed, like, there would have been way more technical fouls called. That's something else to mention. Um, let's see. Joseph keeps giving me a hard time. Taylor's got to stop drinking when he hosts the show. Joseph, uh, I'm going solo. That's what happens when I go solo. It's a lot of rambling. What else? Uh, the amount of offensive goaltending. I'm just trying to kind of scroll through these. They need to stop having Jada being point. He turns the ball over too much. That's from Joseph. Six turnovers is not good. I did not mention the turnovers for Dub. That's a really good point. However, I would argue that Dub will be at his... Uh, this is kind of like what I mentioned when you're not playing Bertans. Some of these veterans, and you're letting guys like Usman Jang. And it's not just like those guys getting those minutes. It's also these younger guys that kind of the, the core pieces that we think of in Chet and J-Dub. I understand that six turnovers is not good. But this is where Dub's going to grow and improve when Shea's out. Uh, it's just going to make him better in the long term. So it may suck in the short term when we lose a game like we did tonight. But overall, I thought Dub did a pretty good job taking over that Shea role. And I think it's going to pay dividends moving forward. Valley Sports is so bad. Yes, yes. According to NBA, Dort, uh, I'm not really sure what you meant by that smooth. Anyways. <laughs> A lot of good comments. I really appreciate them. Uh, apologies for kind of rambling through those, uh, but I appreciate all of you tuning in. Again, a really tough one tonight against the Golden State Warriors. However, we have a couple days off, and then Monday we go head-to-head -head with the Hawks back at home in Paycom. One quick aside, I thought Paycom was fantastic tonight. Again, I was just watching from TV, um, but it seemed like it was packed out. I think they said it was another sold-out crowd, which is phenomenal. Uh, similar to the home opener against the Denver Nuggets on Sunday, uh, this past Sunday. So shout out to all of y'all who were in attendance and, and packing out Paycom. Obviously, there's going to be Warriors fans everywhere. We know that. There's a lot of different reasons for that, but I'm going long. We won't get into that. 
<laughs> but um, I thought Paycom was fantastic. It definitely had it, the home court advantage there, which was huge for a big matchup and uh, in the first in-season tournament game. So uh, shout out to all the Thunder fans that were there in the tens. Hopefully, you're not similar against the Hawks. But before then, we will have you all covered with our full group podcast on Sunday. Uh, we'll be in a, be breaking down the, the past week of Thunder basketball. It's a ton to break down. A lot of stuff league-wide. So be sure to tune in on Sunday. Thank you all again for tuning in for this one. Even though the Thunder lost, it was a great, great post game with all of you all tuning in. And as always, Thunder up. <laughs>